Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Hello, welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. Today, we're joined by Fat Mike. Now, I'm led to believe that's not an offensive thing to say because Mike has called himself Fat yeah, Mike. and he's fat. Well, my, my friend <laughs> Vanessa is fat and she's always saying, I wish people would just call me fat rather than beating around the bush. I, I completely feel that. It's like when people say to me, oh, you don't have red hair, you have like auburn hair or oh, you're like a um, strawberry blonde. And I'm like, no, I have ginger hair. Like, let's just call it ginger hair. Yeah. You're trying to make me feel better because you think there's shame around having ginger hair. But actually, I have ginger hair and I'm very happy that I have ginger hair. So you might be wondering who Fat Mike is. In the punk world, he's as legendary as it gets, by the way. He's the front man of pioneering punk band NoFX. He's the bassist in Me Versus and the Gimme Gimmies. He's the founder of Fat Records, which is one of the most successful independent labels. By the way, if you enjoy this interview, you've got to pick up the NoFX book, um, The Hepatitis Bathtub. Even if you just don't care about punk at all, or if you've got no interest in punk rock music, it is such a good read. And actually, that's sort of the same for today's episode. Like, even if you don't care or know about punk, like me, it's actually just the most hilarious interview i think i've ever done so no effects are a legendary punk band they're one of my favorite all-time bands um and they just released a new album and as soon as that dropped i was thinking why don't we get mike on because i know he describes himself as queer he's a cross-dresser he lives a bdsm lifestyle he's got so much to say you sound so uncomfortable when you said bdsm lifestyle <laughs> i did i don't think i sounded uncomfortable it was so cute i don't really know what that means but i get the rough gist of it yeah i mean we'll We'll find out. We're also going to chat about how loads of his friends ditched him because he started dating a dominatrix porn star, Soma Snake Oil. We're going to get into the cross-dressing, BDSM. There's loads of explicit sex lols. He's also told us about this musical he's been working on with MJ Rodriguez from Pose, Home Sweet Home, and tries to convert me into a punk fan. Enjoy! Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. As, as you can imagine, James doesn't know anything about rock or anything. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do this podcast, because it's, it's so cool. The punk rock scene, sadly, has been uh, largely homophobic. And why do you think that is? I don't know why that is. It didn't start off that way. In the 70s, it, it certainly wasn't. I mean, Darby Crash, one of the uh, most famous gay punk rockers, killed himself. He purposely OD'd in 1980 because the LA punk scene was so... He was, he was so scared of coming out. It's so funny, though, because Dan's been telling me for years, metal and punk rock is not homophobic. And then the first thing you say is that it well, is. I've never seen anyone like beat up a gay person before. It's just it's not prevalent in the scenes, you know, especially metal. But besides what's his name from Judas Priest? Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob. You know, clearly they use gay images, gay SM images for years, for decades, as did Queen. You know, but no one really talked about it. I'll just say it's unspoken. Well, how, how do you identify, Mike? I'm a submissive fetish male. I'm more of a fetishist than anyone would believe. 
I like to call myself queer because I fucking get into all kinds of crazy business. You know, like uh, last full moon, uh, I have an outdoor sling, you know, in my house, fully tied up like a, uh, you know, a rubber damsel in distress while my girlfriend uh, pegged me, you know, while we're both looking at the full moon. So, you know, this This is amazing. That was uh, a Tuesday night for me. This is so great. So you... (laughs) Oh, just completely fluid. You're queer. You take it, give it, all of it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I fuck my my girlfriend too. Uh, I've never been sexual with a man before, as far as like taking, you know, my uh, you know black fake cock. Yeah, I'm all for it. So you, you you don't mind the plastic cock, but you don't, but you won't want to go near a. I don't want a plastic one. You know, uh, fuck that. I want a rubber one. I don't know why I said plastic. I've never been near one. I just reached for plastic. Okay, so you've never had stuff shoved in your ass before. Seriously? Yeah, no, no. What the hell? You're not living. You're not living, Dan. Uh, not even a finger. No. Well, I don't. I don't really like people being behind me anyway. Like just. Well, you pure. don't. You don't. You're not behind someone with your finger. You're not like sneaking up behind and sticking your finger in them. You know, it's while you're fucking someone. That's when they they put it behind you and you know get the prostate. Especially if you're drunk and you can't come. That's like the cum button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you two talk because this is so funny. We've talked and, about this before, I, Dan. I told you to try it in the shower. Did you do it in the shower? Yeah, I got I got this thing on my toilet. It's a sprayer. It's a spray nozzle. And you know, after you poop or anything, you just like Toilet paper is really for heathens. Right, so it's like a douche, right? Yeah, but you don't have to go in. You can go inside, but you just, you know, spray the outside. It's like a bidet, but you hold it. It's like something you clean dishes with. Oh, I love that. You never have to shower because you just clean your your cock and nuts with that thing. Because I I hate showering. I shower like once a month. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't like showering. I think it's uh, not something people should do, really. Unless, you know, you... uh, I don't know, work in a mine or something. But if you just go and live in the kind of life that, uh, you know, the 20th century, I shower every day. It's just, it's weird. It seems like a waste of 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not shower after gigs and or before gigs? No, no, no. I've, I've gone 51 days without a shower on tour. What? Yeah. Wow. You are so funny. I think you're my favorite guest we've ever had. <laughs> You don't shower because that's a waste of 10 minutes. But isn't isn't getting tied up and whatever, isn't that a waste of 10 minutes? Oh, no, 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 no. No? And, and 10 minutes, if you're getting tied up in 10 minutes, you're not doing it right. It should take a good half hour. Right. Wow. Sex for me is a good three or four hours. You know, we're going to have an evening having sex. There's uh, a lot of shit you got to do. And then intercourse or, uh, you know, 60, 90, that's just the, at the end. And then, you know, if you're allowed to come, that's... That's a special treat too. Yeah, I, I, so I am very vanilla, but I have a lot of friends, a lot of gay friends who are into this kind of stuff you're describing, and I think it's super hot. But I've never got into into all of it before. I've maybe like dabbled a bit, but I find it quite scary. Do you find it scary? And is that part of it? I've only been scared a few times. No, I find it very loving that you can trust someone so much that you can, uh, you know, be. Yeah, in some kind of leather vacuum bed with a with a small breathing hole, and left, you know, and I, like I have a trunk next to my bed at the at the foot of my bed that I fit in, and get locked in there sometimes. It's all leather lined, super cool. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's scary sometimes, but you you trust someone so much, you know. I would never go do some SM scene with someone I didn't know, but that's not true at all because I see pro 
uh, professional dominatrixes all the time after shows. Like everyone would go to a bar, I would just go to a dungeon. A gay and a non-gay. You've said that you don't feel shame about anything. and No, no shame, I, no pride. No shame, no pride, did you say? Yeah, that's the way to live. How do you get to that point, though? Because I, I know for me and a lot of people listening, they feel shame for being gay or being lesbian, bisexual, trans. How do we smash through that? I don't know how I got there, but, you know, it took me a long time to reach that point. And I was 45 years old. These words, don't dream it, be it, right, from Rocky Horror. Those words haunted me my whole life because I was, you know, I had a dungeon and me and my wife did stuff, but uh, I never did it publicly until I divorced and got with a... Uh, professional dom soma snake oil and you know my first wife had told me uh i looked stupid in, in girls clothes once when we were arguing it broke my heart it absolutely broke my heart and i never dressed up in front of her again and then i got with a woman who made me pretty and made me feel pretty and finally at 45 i publicly cross-dressed for the first time and that was my last barrier that was wow. when i'm like i can do whatever the fuck i want and whenever i'd hear that rocky horror song you know don't dream it be it. I would just, it would make me cry because I wasn't living how I wanted to live. And fuck, you only live once. So I went out in, it was in Luxembourg. We went out to a nice restaurant. I was at a pink slip and uh, people looked at me, but not crazy. It's just like, oh, he, he's doing what he wants to. And I'm like, fuck all you. I fucking do what I want to. I have no shame. So you said that you waited until you were 45 um, until you started cross-dressing. I'm just wondering when um, Laura Jane Grace from Against Me came out as transgender in uh, 2012, did that not inspire you to, to come out yourself? Laura Jane really didn't help me come out or not come out. It was, it was uh, Soma Snake Oil. Right. She okay. gave me the confidence. Her birthday one year, she, uh, I go, so what do you want to do for your birthday weekend? She's like, uh, I want you to be my girlfriend all weekend. And I was like, ooh. And she made me up and dressed me up. And it was, it was like the greatest birthday present it wasn't my birthday and you know we just had lesbian sex all weekend nice a lot of manual work on my side what do you mean le well lesbian sex you know most of it is is hand manipulation you know it's not okay. all strap-ons and 69 <laughs> she had it we had a we had a live-in slave girl you know in our house so i would see a lot of that happen i got, got i got tips <laughs> I'm just so happy to chat to you because I feel like when I talk about stuff like this with Dan, I feel so alone. <laughs> 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 and I finally feel like I'm home. Would you like Can to have a living slave boy? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't not like that. It might be interesting. So how does the living slave thing play out? Do you pay someone full time? To I don't suggest it. I don't suggest it. Because first of all, she is a, a boy now. Right. She transitioned. Right. Uh, he, he, he transitioned. And she wasn't my slave. She was, we both had a goddess, goddess Soma. So she was just there for Soma. But most people don't want to be a slave because it kind of sucks. Uh, you know, she was 247. So she had to work, but every, whenever she came home, goddess told her what to do. Do the laundry, do this. Maybe I'll cane you later. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes after, uh, if I ever came in goddess and uh, she hadn't come yet, She'd be a boy, come here, and boy would have to lick her until she came. It's a dirty job. You've talked quite openly about when, when you married a, a dominatrix porn star, loads of people in the punk world and, and your friends just mugged you off and didn't want anything to do with you. Was that a surprise? A very big surprise. And it was, yeah, the most hurtful thing that's ever happened to me. The most terrible thing that's ever happened to me. I lost so many friends 
me and some were just not invited to anyone's house anymore in San Francisco. The guitar player of my band, Eric Melvin, he lived four blocks from me. And I was invited to his house maybe twice a year. You know, the manager of my band, Kent, uh, I used to go to their house twice a week. And then when someone moved to San Francisco, I was done. No one's wife wanted to be around us. On tour, we had dinner every night. But as soon as we came home, we were uh, pariahs. And how has that manifested itself since then with with Eric Melvin and the dynamic of the band and whatnot? I haven't forgiven totally. I I can't. Yeah. Because when I split up with Soma, I was absolutely alone. Sure. Well, we can hang out now because I'm not with this woman. Yeah, you can't do that. That was when I faced depression for the first time, like three years ago. I had to leave San Francisco because I actually had no one I could call to be with. That's so, so awful. I mean, what, what were they, why were they so scared of? My happiness, uh, that I left my wife of 22 years, but I, I didn't leave my wife for this woman. I left my wife and then I met her yeah. while we were separated. So that's the thing is no one, no one would admit, oh, he left her for this other woman, for this dom. No, no, no. I left her. I wasn't happy. And then I met a dom. But Do people think- don't like that part. Why do you think they don't like that part? Do you think that's their shame? Yeah, they're shamed because I live a lifestyle where sex is uh, just the most awesome fucking thing ever. Where, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're going to the dungeon all weekend? Oh yeah, we're, we're going there all weekend. Oh yeah, I've lived out all, uh, yeah, all my fantasies. They're checked off. People don't like to hear that shit. It makes them feel so bad about themselves. Like, why aren't I doing that? And I don't want to hang around these people because they make me feel bad. I get it. I understand it. But I like to think that uh, people are bigger than that. But they're not. Very few of my friends could really handle hanging out with us. And it, it really made Soma so sad because she went from this big dominatrix in her scene into a, a woman that was hated for my friends. And what a terrible feeling, awful feeling. And that ultimately led to our demise. What do other porn stars and other dominatrixes do? Because this must happen over and over again. I, I, I don't know. It just, I would, I thought, I mean, on the Cokie the Clown record, I say it, you know, I, that my, uh, my punk rock friends are really just conservatives, which is what I said at the beginning is how punk rockers are, they're homophobic, not in a hateful way, just in a, we don't, we don't want to know about it. But I thought that, and I'm not the person to know, but I thought the punk rock scene was more about being against the kind of right wing. It's like, uh, it's a reaction to... It is, it is. We are, uh, you know, 95% uh, liberals. It's just being pro-gay. There, there was a band on my label called Propagandi. You should check out uh, their second record because uh, on the cover, it, it doesn't say like gay tolerance. It says pro, you know, pro-gay. You have to be pro-gay. And this was in the 90s when you had to be pro-gay. You couldn't just be, oh, that's cool. You'd say, no, yeah, go, you go. And he, he sang a song about the first time he had sex with the man, which is, uh, you know, it was like a one-time thing, how people do it once. But people don't talk about that, that kind of shit if they're not gay. But he put it all out there. It was like really brave. Uh, one of the things No Effects has been doing for at least 20 years is we fly a big gay flag on our stage every night. Nobody does that. No bands do that. Not just punk bands. You'd never, I mean, you'd never see a metal band flying the gay flag. We've always flown it, you know, since we first started doing the Warp Tour. And people are always like, so oh, which one of you is gay? Um, none of us. Why you fly the flag? Because we think it's important to fly the flag. It's inclusive. 
I love that. We want people to feel comfortable at our shows. I think Little Mix have a pride flag <laughs> at their show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> James doesn't get. Well, I don't think he does. He doesn't understand what punk rock is and why it's so brilliant. And I've tried to explain it actually, but I can't. So okay. can you okay. can you give it a go? Uh, well, musically, James, punk rock is the best style of music. Uh, we use like the coolest. We have the coolest melodies, the best chord progressions, because it's it's really based on old folk music. Where metal is more like based off the Stones, based off rock and roll. Punk rock is based off really great melodies. Uh, our lyrics are so much more advanced than any bands. You know, I mean, there, there's some alt bands that have some decent lyrics, but if you read, you know, bad religion lyrics, you need a thesaurus. And our lyrics, whether punk rockers are that liberal, our lyrics are very liberal, and uh, we we do stand for making the world a better place, but not in uh, broad strokes. Like we we get to it. We we say exactly what we mean because I I fucking I say it all. Originally, when you started cross dressing, I just thought that you were doing that because it's like lol and it's punk and it's like a different thing to do. It didn't, it took me a while to sort of join the dots. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like leather. It, it calms me down. It's like, right. it's like I'm spectrum or something or speculum. One of those two things, but my girlfriend will wear leather and I hold her like my, my, my pillowcases are leather. My blanket is leather. I sleep in leather. It just, it's calming to me. And I'm always wearing uh, rubber or, or, or leather. It's just, it's how I'm comfortable living. But cross-dressing has been something I, yeah, since I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was eight. It was the first record I ever listened to. I taped it from the TV. I had my cassette player next to the TV. I taped it. And that was what I listened to. It's my most listened record. So that probably had a big influence on me. Like these people, they're doing it. And Rocky Horror was before punk rock. It was very precursor to punk, yeah. like 74 or something. It was, uh, yeah, that, that changed my life. That's why one of the reasons I wrote a musical is to change other people's lives. You should, you should check out that, James. I really Look want on. to. I wanted uh, to ask you about it as well. Oh, there's a song called It's Not Easy Being Gay. And there's a song called Three Against Me, which is about a kid whose brothers all beat him up because he was gay, which is a really, really cool song. No one calls it hate when it's your brother's. It's called tough love and accepted by the neighbors. It's not called a hate crime. It's just what my brothers did to pass the time. How was it working with MJ? It was great. MJ brought realism to the show that we didn't expect because we we only had uh, we didn't have trans actors performing it before MJ and. Uh, Boy, did she bring a lot. Like she brought terminology and just an attitude that we didn't expect. She was wow. great. And well, it's, about, it's about Home Street Home. It's about homeless kids and, and living on the street and, and chosen family and how much, how, how much better often chosen family is than real family. Jeff Marks, who wrote Avenue Q, you must yeah. love that. Have you seen Avenue that. Q? That was my, uh, one of my co-writers. And funny story is Jeff Marks uh, didn't take cock in his ass. Uh, it just came up at dinner conversation. He's like, oh, I don't do that. I go, what do you mean? You don't, that's, you know, the gays do that. That's part of, part of your, uh, wheelhouse. Oh, so he's gay, but he's a side, right? He, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't take it. And I go, what, what's the deal? He's like, I wrote a Tony winning Broadway musical. You think I take it in the ass? <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm pretty happy just getting blowjobs and giving it. 
and we talked more and I, I explained to him how to do it. Cause he want, he got a boyfriend and he, he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't take it. He said it hurt too much. So I taught him how to take a cock in his ass, not, not physically, but I'm like, Jeff, you got to push out when it's coming in, push out. You, your body thinks it's going poo. So it opens up and it worked. Is that true, James? Is that how it works? Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it before. Um, well, you've probably been taking it for a long time. So, Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> but yeah, you, you've got to kind of just like not be afraid of that moment, that point of no return where you think oh my god am i gonna poop but you don't does that make any sense dan yeah you can't like tense up because then it'll Mm. hurt right it's like anything you You can't be afraid of it you've just got to go with it i'll bear that in mind i do think it's bizarre that some cis straight guys are so afraid of it when there's like a little g-spot in there like it's like dying it's crying out for touch and yet a lot of people is your is your cum button It, it loves to be touched and massaged and uh it's Unbelievable that some guys will go through their lives without the enjoyment there. I mean, even Freud said, you know, your first ex- great experience is pooping because it feels good to poop. So if it feels good to poop, why wouldn't it feel good to take, you know, something that- Is, is it the is same shit? sensation as, as like when you have when you really need a when shit? you have and... a really good poo, yeah. Is it really? It's the same? Yeah. Well, no, it's not the same, <laughs> but- I think it's but, better. Yeah, and definitely lasts longer. But yeah, it's something that everyone- should uh, experiment with because you're just not living your life if you don't dan well i'll I'll bear that in mind um while we're recommending mike's work to james can i can i recommend um i don't know if you recognize the brilliance of this song mike but my favorite no effect song is we got two jealous agains it's it's a love song basically about these two people that get together and then they've got two of every album that's how you know yeah and that's how they know they're in love is we have all the same albums. And Jealous Again is a Black Flag album. So we got two Jealous Agains. And then, what, 15 years later, I put out a record after my divorce, and it's called I Got One Jealous Again Again. <laughs> <laughs> and that song is devastating. But because when you split up your record collection, that's the hardest part. That was the hardest part of our split up. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess the millennial version of that is having like a joint Spotify where they make a playlist do people do for that do they have a joint spotify yeah my boyfriend and i do and they make a playlist that's like the best that's of gross. both that's of your gross. collections and then <laughs> you can listen to it and actually i loved all of the songs on it so i guess i guess oh, it's the cool. same as that before, before you go i've got to, i've got to say thank you for for that album the war and because it really did change my life when that came out because i wasn't interested in politics or anything really until that record came out well thank you yeah that's um, the other thing james is punk rock bands really uh, change people's world. They change you. Thank you for um, allowing me to just be completely authentic about my <laughs> lack of knowledge on on punk rock. And oh no, I like... think it's cute. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you. you know <laughs> Please do turn me. No, this has been really fun for me too. I never say this, but I'd love to do your show again. Oh, thanks. Oh, we'd love, love to have you back on. Um... We would. Well, it was, it was really fun. It was just a really fun interview for me. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.